Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Musicals. Hey folks, have you ever thought about your favorite musicals? Musical history. Like color magic dance. It's so beautiful. Gather close as we talk you through. Yeah, da 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 da. These cherished musical reviews. Bum, 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 bum. Musical history podcast. Welcome, folks, to Talking Musical History Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. We're talking about the whiz. Ease on down, ease on down the road. First off, let's, tell, let's talk about a little bit of the origins of the whiz. Starting with L. Frank Baum, or as he was born, Lyman, 1856, Chattanooga, New York, and died in 1919 at age 62 in Hollywood, California, where dreams can come true. Dreams can come true. People say that he single-handedly created the fantasy genre out of the Anderson or Hans Christian Anderson style, literary fairy tales. Very similar to Hans, he never once swore or told dirty jokes, but he was born with a bad heart and suffered several heart attacks. His final Oz book was published after his death in 1920, and he used pen names. Some of them were women. Oh, really? Yes, it was. It was quite interesting. I found that. Well, I I, I find it really interesting that uh, uh, Dorothy is like a, a feminist hero, and like it's it's really interesting that like uh, uh, that sort of is not apparent unless you like have people talk about it or think about it, right? Like I think about it when I watch my anime yeah. all the time about like which is really interesting in itself. Um, but like you know, uh, this this seems like an opportunity in my high school past that was missed. He's a complex historical figure um, when looking at it with a current lens because obviously he was from a very different era. I I don't know how different the era was. He was pro-women voting. He spoke about women's suffrage a fair amount and made Dorothy the lead character. He did say some things against Native Americans. Oh, he didn't like the Native Americans either. In a newspaper editorials in the late 1800s, advocating for widespread extermination of all American Indians. Holy crap. Yeah. It dated back to some thought that the Battle of Wounded Knee was thought to be instigated by his bigoted statements. I'm not going to repeat any of it because they are pretty bad and will make you look at his work in a different light than I think you may want to. I mean, like, you know, you, you, you have to be right. real with your the people that you, you look at. I, I, right. Like, yeah. like at the end of the day, like, I, I recognize that, like, you know, uh, uh, like uh, uh, L. Frank Baum was more than likely a racist and uh, uh, xenophobic. But at least, at least he was, a, you know, believed in women and wasn't like, you know, uh, a true, uh, you know, uh, 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 TWG, as right. they say. Right. <laughs> Well, and his descendants in 2006 went to South Carolina to apologize for his comments. All right. Writers were influenced by him, such as Gore Vidal, who was openly gay, Ray Bradbury, and Terry Brooks. Apart from his creating Oz, Tamaqua Falls was a spoof of his vacation town in Makatawa, Michigan, north of Sagatok off Lake Michigan, taking the name of Michigan author John Cook, but changing the name by one letter, from Estin to Estes. So there's one of his Michigan connections. That's pretty cool. Sagatok is known to be a big gay area in Michigan. Is it really? It is a huge gay area. I never knew that. It is, yes. Wow. 
Wow. I've been to Saugatuck a bunch of times. That's hilarious. I mean, I've never even noticed. It isn't like in New York. Not not that there's a yeah. problem with that or anything. I just like surprised. Yeah. Like, because I mean, like if you go to Miami. You know. You know. But Saugatuck's, you know, sleepy little Michigan town where it just happens to be uh, home to some gay people. It is a sleepy little Michigan town. It's a lovely place. It's a beautiful. I've been there before, and I didn't know that um, about L. Frank Baum when I was there. Kind of is completely opposite to um, the next Michigan connection, which is in 1957. Detroit's libraries banned the wonderful world of Oz for having, quote unquote, no value for children supporting negativism and bringing children's minds to a, quote unquote, cowardly level what yeah um it's 57 so i can imagine it being kind of like the mccarthy era of red and pink and all that and like and and there's more i'll talk about in the in the star casting and in the the politics of this well like you know i i completely can understand that uh um like uh, uh, people might think uh, the Wizard of Oz is a little bit subversive only because um, like uh, even what, and we'll probably talk about this as well. Uh, Henry Littlefield, one of the, the first people that started like uh, uh, doing critical uh, uh, sort of uh, a, a critical look at uh, uh, the, this piece, uh, Wizard of Oz um, and sort of like picking up a lot of different things because it was written in, uh, you know, the the near the 1900s uh, uh, in the midst of the Gilded Age. So like there was this like definite, uh, um, like solid connection of like you know Dorothy kind of like symbolizing like the common person like and 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 uh, um, really like we were talking about like, he's a feminist because you got to think about it like uh, Dorothy is a true feminist hero a because. She doesn't need a man to complete the job, right? The the scarecrow, the tin man, and the lion, all men in her life do not help her complete her task. She does it all on her own. Absolutely. They helped her. They helped her find her footing. Well, actually, she helped them more than they helped her. But it was a, right, it was a symbiotic relationship, in my opinion. She does it all on her own. And, like, and the whole time, no matter going to the whiz and all that, like, it didn't matter all she had to do is go through her journey to figure out how she could get home. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Uh, Stories about women that like, you know, they say like, you know, it shouldn't involve a man, but like, I think this is the example of why it should involve a man Mm -hmm. because it should show that none of the men actually were a catalyst to her getting to her goal. Yes. Dorothy encourages the, the scarecrow, the lion, and the tin man, right? Mm-hmm. She encourages them to, uh, um, like, you know, okay, I mean, yeah. that's that's where the song and the whiz comes from, right? Like, you know, she's she's encouraging uh, uh, the 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 lion to do brave things. She's encouraging you're a lion, right? She's, right? she's encouraging the uh, uh, scarecrow to think for himself, right? Like, and and um, she's she's encouraging the like she. She encourages the Tin Man's feelings and doesn't like you know put that in a box either. And even even around like the the Wiz, like like I think her sort of resolution and push to get home encourages him, encourages him too, right? Like that last scene with Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. where he like you know it's revealed that he's a fraud, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit more as well. Um, but yeah. Um, it's like uh, um, like in the in the whiz. I thought this was an amazing translation, uh, uh, considering. But like to go back to like what Littlefield was uh, talking about, he he basically you know uh, co- was uh, saying that like you know, and you'll notice that uh, um, <clears throat> in the whiz we're back to the silver slippers instead of the ruby slippers used in the movie The Wizard of Oz, which you know even though cinematically was great because of Technicolor, doesn't really match the theme of the uh, show where really you're talking about like these silver shoes that are allowing you to go to this golden path to reach this Emerald City of Oz, right? Like, you know, uh, the Emerald City of Oz can represent prosperity and money and like success, right? And she is going there to like find the secrets of the universe so she can find comfort and go home, right? Yeah. Uh, Basically. And um, along the way, she's picking up these, uh, you know, these characters and like, 
the scarecrow is supposed to stand for um like the farmer the general yeah. farmer really in in the whiz the scarecrow isn't just the farmer the scarecrow is like slavery scarecrow is slavery in this one he's not the farmer yeah. he is slavery he is like and and you have the crows around him telling him how stupid he is while uh, um like you know just like teasing him and like imprisoning him up on his like uh, uh thing and he's not able to you know do the job of scaring the scarecrows away because they've like basically demoralized him and made him feel like crap even though he has helped them out he helps them out mm -hmm. constantly it, it it's like you know but when he challenges the status quo he's stupid we move on to the tin man and the the tin man is this like like man of industry mm. awesome carnival barker that like you know smooth talking businessman right like he like and uh, um he's sort of like doesn't have the ability to feel or connect right mm. but it, it 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 that's not true right and and yeah you find out through the story i mean i i mean i would assume that all of you people that are listening to this have seen one version of the wiz the wizard of oz to be to be fair kevin it is a lot easier to be fair kevin it is a lot easier to see the wizard of oz than it is to see the wiz and this is this is coming from someone who like you know i'm, I'm gonna tell you this like i assume our relationship with the wiz is very different than people outside of the state of michigan well you gotta like motown is here by black people for black people it is that essence of black power and reclaiming a story and telling their own story you know i i, I get what you're saying around that and um i slightly disagree okay. um and and this is why like uh, um so charlie and the chocolate factory okay. i i i know this is gonna sound so off base but okay. it's gonna it's just gonna wrap okay. right back yeah. so it is believed Actually, I should restate that. The wife of the author of the Char of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Raul Dahl, yes, said that Charlie was initially supposed to be black. Does the story make more sense now? It makes more sense now, though. Think uh, about it, right? Yes, one hundred. I did not know that. How did I not know that? Wow, I have. I remember love reading yeah. Raul Dahl when I was a kid. Yeah, Char Charlie's the only kid that wasn't a brat. Uh-huh. I would love to see Charlie be cast in Charlie and the Chalk Factory as a black boy and or a black woman, little girl. Um because they were all wealthy and privileged. Like like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is a little bit about white privilege. And I think that in talking about the Wiz and the Wizard of Oz in connection, I think it is important and talk about privilege and talk about lack there of privilege. Gays love the land of Oz. The film version of the wonderful wizard of Oz serves as the definitive pop culture icon of the 20th century Western gay culture. It is referenced in many queer artists work beyond that of Gore Vidal. It was in Matt Mart Crowley's the boys in the band, which is about a group of gay men living their open, vulnerable selves in New York City. There was a um, revival done not too long ago with Matt Balmer and pretty much every other who's who of, of uh, gay celebrities out there. Also, numerous, numerous merchandise of the queer community features Dorothy from Judy's portrayal of her alongside the Escape to Oz idea. It's have Toto buy leave Kansas fuck you Annie M. Um, there there's other stuff like that that are out there. Um, also Judy herself in the Wizard of Oz and then beyond, uh, with Judy Garland and Liz Minnelli are huge icons in the gay community, spawning lots of drag queens way before RuPaul. RuPaul is amazing and a trailblazer. Yes, most definitely. Um, but I, but I would like to say that that she is not the reason for Stonewall. She is not the reason for Stonewall. It's like it's like the whole like Marilyn Manson is the reason for uh, Columbine, right? Yeah, those kids. No, no, no. Like, like I know I'm comparing like apples and oranges, 100. percent However, like uh, um like the idea that like yes, Marilyn Manson might be like violent and whatever, and they might have listened to that, but like honestly, no, their reason for Columbine had nothing to do with Marilyn Manson because there's tons of people that like Marilyn Manson, mm -hmm. which is basically what I'm trying to say about like you know 
but like what, what what's going on with Stonewall? Like Stonewall, like um, was an important protest, but like yeah, tons of people love, you know, uh, love Judy. Tons of people love her. However, that's not the reason why that protest happened. She's not the main reason. She's not. No, one hundred percent agreed. We're on the same page there. Yeah, super fine line, dude. That's a fine line. Um, to be clear, she was not the reason that Stonewall happened. She, her death was surrounding the events, but she was not the reason for Stonewall. John Waters actually said in an interview, he hated the end of the movie when she went back to home. He wanted her to stay in that colorful world, that colorful, fun world of Oz and not the dull, boring, grayscale world of Kansas. I mean, you know, John Waters is a smart individual, and he's he's not completely wrong. Oh no, I agree with him. I agree with his statement one hundred percent. It 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 seems like like especially since like Dorothy like uh, has this sort of like uh, um like in in the Wiz doesn't want to be home whatsoever until she gets to Oz, and then she feels like completely estranged and out of place there, and would rather be home mm-hmm. because like she didn't know how estranged strange could get. Well, I mean, all Dorothy in the original was looking for a place without any trouble. But I, I feel like maybe maybe like the original Wizard of Oz wasn't scary enough. No, it wasn't. Right. Like it was super technical and kind of cool looking, but I don't think it was scary enough. Not at all. Because like even the books are kind of scarier, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read all the books um, years and years ago. Um, I just want to go over a few of them because they did start L. Frank Baum. He wrote the book in 1900. He then went on to be a writer, actor, producer in 1908 with the fairy log of radio plays, part of the wonderful world of Oz, the marvelous land of Oz, John Doe and the Cherub, and Ozma of Oz, um, then later releasing Dorothy and the Scarecrow of Oz, the wonderful Wizard of Oz, the marvelous land of Oz, and introducing the character of Dorothy with Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. All of the movies that are in the Oz canon, both the 1939 original classic as well as the 1980 return to Oz. I forget the exact year of that, both Feruza Balk jumping into the role of the Dorothy-like character in the return to Oz, as well as the James Franco Oz envision that happened more recently. They all take place from clippings of these books that were in the Oz canon back over a hundred years ago. From the book that's an American tradition, from the smash hit Broadway show, the entertainment of the year, Motown, remake of The Wizard of Oz, The Wiz, The Stars, The Music, wow. In 1977, Motown bought the rights to The Wiz after Barry Gordy and Motown Records sunk $2 million of his own money into Finnish Lady Sings the Blues, where Diana Ross plays the fictionalized version of Billie Holiday alongside her future co-star, Richard Pryor. And the reason they sunk $2 million of their own money into Finnish Lady Sings the Blues? Racism strikes the gun. Executives at Paramount did not want to spend more money for a black film. Yeah, I mean, like, that story uh, is consistent and constantly happens. I mean, like, uh, uh, Spike Lee, Robert Townsend, like, uh, uh, so many different directors can tell you stories. I, I just hope Jordan Peele is treated a little bit better. I, I think he is. Let's hope he can do um, gargoyles. I appreciate your positivity. Veteran producer Quincy Jones, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You yeah. see... Originally, Scarecrow was going to be Jimmy J. Walker from Good Times. What? (laughs) I don't think he has the musical chops to pull it off. I mean, like, it would have been funny to see his body move around like Mm -hmm. that. But I I think, like, I think with a a musical like The Wiz specifically, you need powerhouse singers. You don't need silliness. Like I get silliness. Really, you want you want like uh, uh, triple threats. Yeah. Like in 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 the four main roles. Like the 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 Wiz doesn't have to be anything special. Actually, Jimmy Walker could have been the Wiz. After he heard Michael Jackson's voice, Jones and Sidney Lumet agreed to push Walker from the film and have Michael Jackson be the Scarecrow. 
um, which, of course, if you know anything about the Jackson history, um, Joe Jackson tried to stop his son from going on his own. But Cohen paid him enough, and so he agreed. He took the role seriously and learned all that he could from Lewis Johnson, a pioneer in African-American ballet, gaining techniques of scarecrow walk and dance from Charlie Chaplin, Fred Astaire, and Gene Kelly. Hmm. I bet he enjoyed that. I mean, it's definitely a role you can look at and... You can see it. You can, you see, can see it. Elements. Yeah. Like, he poured his heart and soul into that role. You can see You can see all those elements. And I can't... It's almost like the reverse of Labyrinth. Um, Jim Henson talked about maybe having Michael Jackson as the lead character of Jareth instead of David Bowie. But it wouldn't have made the same movie. And although Michael Jackson would have done a great job... Equally as weird. He just, it wouldn't have been the same. It would have not been, a, uh, in my opinion. Bowie was the right weird. Yeah, he was the right, yeah. Bowie was the right weird for that role. <laughs> Acclaimed director, Sidney Lumet, known for 12 Angry Men, won the Golden Berlin Bear and OCIC Award for Dog Day Afternoon and the 1974 version of Murder on the Orient Express, along with other awards and other films. Sidney Lumet. He is, he is one of the greatest filmmakers in history. Sidney Lumet. Chris, what, 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 what's your favorite Sidney Lumet film? Uh, uh, Sidney Lumet, uh, obviously Network. If, if, uh, uh, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Have you ever heard that quote before? So, uh, um, uh, like, this is such a rabbit hole conversation, okay. and I, I, I really don't want to like get completely into it. But like, uh, uh, Sidney Lumet um, is just really a prolific, prolific director that sort of like understood, like, greatly understood the basics of filmmaking. And like, I, I I've read like his uh, uh, making movies book. And if you are a filmmaker, if you have not read that book, like, uh, it will it will really open your eyes about how films should be made. Right, like just just the basic theories of understanding, like how the collaborative art of film works. Yeah, he's, I mean, I've definitely seen um, Twelve Angry Men, Dog Day Afternoon, and uh, his version of Murder on the Orient Express. And I do have to say, he is a very, very amazing director. He's talented. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and obviously, you know, you uh, you you pull together Quincy Jones. They didn't actually want um, Diana Ross. She wasn't their original uh, choice. Right. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, like he, um, Sidney Lumet, like as a producer on that, like pulled together a lot of things. They actually had um, a different director too. The, uh, the the guy that they originally uh, wanted to direct the movie was like the director of Short Circuit. Uh, later in in history, so okay. so that's 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 where that man went. Um, that being said, like uh, um, like when Diana Ross joined the cast, he left. Um, mm. I, yeah, because I mean Diana Ross is pretty old for the show. I mean, but like, but I get it. I mean, like like um, her sing- singing when I think of home, jeez, like I I get it. I I, I get trying to like. Here's the here's the thing about filmmaking, and a lot of people are like, oh, you know, like the film was nothing like the book, or nothing like the original musical, or nothing like the story that I have embedded in my mind exactly canon based on what is there. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Film is a collaborative art that marries text, visual imagery, animation, sound, music acting like like it all of these all these like sort of uh um senses have to come together like uh 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 uh, sensory outputs have to come together to fit in a way that will uplift and tell the story and i'm gonna tell you like even though diana ross is super old for this part and doesn't really fit in the idea of it like can you imagine someone doing a better job on that song i mean she was 33 
Yeah. So she got older, right? Um, <laughs> well, the interesting part of it is that Dorothy originally was five in the books. Yeah. So she got older. Um, <laughs> she was 12. She was supposed to be 12 in the Judy Garland version. Um, right. They taped down her breasts to make her younger. Um, and then even in the scripting of the Wiz, yeah, she's, she's 24. Yeah. Yeah. She's supposed to be like 20. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, what, she's a teacher. Yeah. Like she'd been like teaching like for three or four years. Um, and like, you know, like, oh, you, you can't, you can't work in elementary school anymore. You should go to the high school and teach because yeah. high school teaching is the only thing that's worth anything. Uh, the other thing I want to like, uh, knowledge, you know what? Like, don't like chase your passion, do the thing that you believe in, do the thing that you love, you know, it'll like, and, and be flexible, be, be flexible and follow your passion. You never know what might come along. 100%. Um, but like, uh, um, at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's basically what this movie was, right? It, it, it tried to be flexible, right? It, it, it was able to pull in Michael Jackson, which was... Thanks to Diana Ross. Of course, yeah. right? Yeah, and she, she basically pushed herself onto the film. Another person to help bring this to life is William F. Brown. He wrote the book of The Wiz for the 1970s and 2015 version that earned him a 1975 Tony Award for author of a musical along with Love American Style, and that is all that he is known for, according to IMBD. The other one is, is definitely more famous, um, and most people uh, have heard of him, uh, and that is the uh, openly gay rest in power as of June this year, Joel Schumacher. Oh, really? Joel Schumacher. Right. He was actually born the same year that the Wizard of Oz film actually came out, and he is responsible for the 2004 version of Phantom of the Opera, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Lost Boys, Phone Booth, and others. Batman also related... Eartha Kit. Eartha Kit was the first choice for Eveline, which does share history with Wicked as the first time that the Wicked Witch was given a name. Up until Gregory, McGri Gregory McGuire names Alphaba, taken from the original author's name, LFB, L. Frank Baum, Alphaba. Uh, other than that, the E start of their name uh, is just coincidental, apparently. It's like the, the John Oliver thing where like uh, Danbury Town is going to like name the sanitation plant after him, right? So like now we can say we're going to the Oliver instead of going to the John. But uh, um, so uh, but like, you know, like that's that's not the thing you want to put your name on, right? Like why? why? I just think it's odd that they would name like the Wicked Witch after the director of the director. I just think it's strange that they would name the Wicked Witch after the author. That just seems, you know, I, I get like, like honoring him, but yeah. like. With the with the wicked wicked witch though, you know what I mean. Like it's like if you think about it in a way, because the um, wicked, um, it takes the wicked witch of the West, and it turns that narrative on its head, and it says, so you think you hate her because she's wicked, she's she's evil, she's you know, but then you're supposed to feel empathy for her. And as we discussed a little earlier on the podcast, um, L. Frank Baum is a mixed character when we look at him in a historical fashion. And I believe Gregory McGuire may, might, might have known L. Frank Baum's history. I am thinking he read all of the books and researched uh, L. Frank Baum in great detail. So maybe what he was saying by naming Alphaba after L. Frank Baum an honoring of L. Frank Baum in a way that is saying, yes, here is Alphaba. She is a flawed character, just like L. Frank Baum. All right. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's actually a pretty solid explanation. Um, part of the reason why Diana Ross pushed herself onto the zeitgeist of the creative team of The Wiz to get the coveted role of Dorothy is... Because she knows that role is awesome. Well, not only that, but Diana Ross met Judy Garland in 1965 
when the Supremes performed as a warm-up as an opening act for Judy at the Astrodome Theater in Houston. Yes. And so she commandeered the role of Dorothy from Stephanie Mills for the movie. Stephanie Mills did play Dorothy on Broadway before Diana Ross. I wish they could have figured out how to make her look younger, though. She, she looked like an older school teacher than in her 20s. Like, and I don't know, like, if the, the, like, the hairstyle was it or, like, what was the thing that made her just look, like, because, like, in my opinion, she actually, like, and I'm not trying to throw shade, I'm really not, but she looked like she was 40. She didn't look like she was 30. And that is one of the reasons, one of the non-racist reasons why The Wiz did not do well. Um, but, uh, um, you know what, like, here's the thing, like, they should, like, in my opinion, I, I think they should have probably, like, pushed that aspect and not have like gone with the like use the basic structure of the musical The Wiz, but told a little bit of a different story because like I feel like you know obviously obviously The Wiz is about racism in in context to what like Littlefield was talking about around like this this like uh, uh, sort of journey of like and I, I didn't really finish my, my story around that but like you know you have them plus the Tin Man the the Scarecrow the Cowardly Lion who is like this like uh, um, politician that lacks the courage to like stand up and do the right thing, and they all go to um, like the 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 Wizard of Oz, which is you know like uh, um, some people say might stand for like the president or whatever. Um, and so you have your like you know your 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 representative of your your state and your the the captain of industry and the the, the farmer and the common man all going to talk to the president to have their problem solved, you know, and they they think that problem is like based on their path of gaining money, like traveling that yellow brick road with the silver slippers, whatever, and they find out that the president doesn't have any answers for them, but the president does have a plan to help him out that you guys could help him with. And, and like, you know, so they go off and they like solve the problem mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, w whatever. But like, um, like specifically, like another like underlying theme uh, in The Wiz specifically is like sort of how racism is an impediment in all the people, all the people in Oz, right? Like um, when they go and find um, the... The, the the version of the lollipop guild what are what are they called um in yeah i think it's like the winkies or something like that but uh, um basically like you know they've been imprisoned because they were like you know doing graffiti mm -hmm. or whatever you know and like like i i always think it's sort of weird that like we we punish people that do graffiti so much and i get it like we don't want our our nice clean white walls to have a, a, a any poor mark on them but like you know like what what why why does someone not care about that building so much that they would do that so you really need to address that problem mm -hmm. versus like the fact that they took a pre can and, and and sprayed on it like in my opinion but uh, um like you know they have that they have the taxi cabs that never want to stop for them right like like the general new york tech taxi cab experience like and this is where this movie was shot in new york what like uh, uh, this sort of like uh, uh, set up drug experience because they like get chased in a specific way that leads them to like end up like you know to the poppy fields like getting caught up in that that sort of like drug thing uh, and like uh, uh, like they probably never would have ended up there if they hadn't gotten chased there it, yeah. like uh, uh, in the in the first place right and like a, a lot of it is just sort of like. Uh, uh, sort of this like strong allegory about the the black experience but like sort of tattooed on the wizard of oz where you know like all these people are just trying to like you know become whole right yeah. like they're all like dorothy's trying to get home soon as i get home right. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 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 a beautiful story and i i think a lot of people connect with it and sort of like you know you like even i remember like watching it with you 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 were like oh my gosh i didn't told i didn't get this at all when i was a kid no no but like i think that that is part of that's what i was trying to say before a different cultural experience that you and i both have and we're we're about the same age but like you know i think that because i wasn't raised in a black household i wasn't exposed to the whiz as much maybe as someone who was 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I actually saw it on, like, a, a lot of local TV, honestly. Yeah. Like, uh, um, and that's why I think uh, mostly because of, like, where we're at is the reason why I was able to see it. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, you have uh, Detroit stations, like, you know, Motown yeah. right there. Like, of course, they're going to throw the whiz on because I'm sure Motown is going to be like, hey, you know, play our movie on TV. Right. Yeah. Like, let us get some ad revenue and whatever. Um so like that that makes sense to me. So I, I wonder like what the experience of the whiz is for someone in California or New York or Alabama for that matter. Yeah, I mean I remembered um as a child every year like clockwork on CBS they would air the Wizard of Oz and so Yeah, the Wizard of Oz was on a lot. every year we would watch the Wizard of Oz up until we got a VHS copy of it and I could watch it anytime and who cares when it was on. But um, I don't remember that experience at all for The Wiz. I don't remember watching it other than I think I rented it on my own. And my mom told me yesterday that I had a CD that I made with my handwriting on it where I, I outlined the numbers of The Wiz. And I don't remember doing this because it's been a million years. <laughs> That's really cool. Yes. I have not. She just told me that um, it was sitting there and it had my hand because I completely forgotten I thought, um, looking back in, in time, I thought I had a very Eurocentric view of the Wiz, and I was comparing it with the Wizard of Oz, and it wasn't, you know, it's, dor- not, the it's not the same. It's if you're comparing it, it's not going to be the same, and it's not going to live up to your ideals if you're comparing it in the same standard. But if you're taking it and looking at it as its own experience, um, that is made for the African-American view of the Wizard of Oz, which is essentially what all it is, um, and how beautifully it all fits together, and it makes sense. I think, it, I think, it's, I think it's, it's not the African-American view of the Wizard of Oz. Um, like, I, I get it. I mean, it, it, it's using the structure of the Wizard of Oz, yeah. but it, it, it's not that, right? Because, like, it's, it's not about that. It's about, like... Um, it's about sweatshops, right? Like uh, um, when they go and see Eva Lynn, right? Like, uh, the, like you know, you have all those people in sweatshops that are freed mm-hmm. by Dorothy because she stands up to her, their oppressor, right? Mm-hmm. And even though like their oppressor was like literally in the moment like torturing her friends, yeah. she still figures out a way to save the day and defeat her, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, and even though that's like, even though that's similar, similar, right? Like there's like, that doesn't happen in, it doesn't happen in the Wizard of Oz, right? There's no like active, she doesn't free anyone from, yeah. Cause the Wizard of Oz is not about oppression. It is, if you're, like I said, it's a very Eurocentric view that, um, the Wizard of Oz is a better movie, let's say, than the Wiz, And that is all that I'm saying in terms of the black experience being brought to the Wiz, that it was shut out of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I disagree with that. Um, Like only because like that's like saying um, Star Wars is Flash Gordon. Or, 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 or Buck Rogers. Whoa. However, you can see that there are specific scenes from Flash mm-hmm. Gordon and Buck Rogers that definitely influence Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is not Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I wouldn't even say like, like, uh, um, like even if, even if Star Wars was like with an all black cast, mm-hmm. right. I wouldn't say that like, it would be the black Buck Rogers or that like, and even if, even if Star Wars was also called Buck Rogers, okay. like it is so different than Buck Rogers, that it is not Buck Rogers. It does. Yeah. Um, so you do you don't see the Wiz as an African American experience at all? No, it's one hundred percent an ac- oh, oh, African American okay. experience. I mean, I mean, but it's not. It is not. You 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 don't just dash African American experience on the Wizard of Oz and get the Wiz. Diana Ross is Dorothy, born in Detroit, Michigan, known for Lady Sings the Blues, the Wiz. In between these two mahogany, it starts her success. Um, with the Supremes fictionalized in the subject of Dreamgirls, a musical about that group. Icon, famous around the world, mother of Tracy Ellis Ross from Black is still alive and still amazingly one of the queens and royalty of music. 
Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Pop icon, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, Michael Jackson is Scarecrow, born in 1958, Gary, Indiana, known for being the king of pop. The Wiz was his film debut at 19 years old. Shortly after, he would be in such music videos as Moonwalker and Thriller before getting too famous too early in life and getting tangled up with sexual assault involving minors, dying at the age of 50 in 2009. I don't know if it was uh, uh, the fame that was the problem. I mean, there are tons of people that are fam- like famous early in life that are fine. I think it was more over like his, his father molesting him. Like, yeah. allegedly, and, like, you know, uh, other things going on in that family that probably, like, spurred that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because, like, uh, what, what, uh, 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 um, Natalie Portman okay. has been acting since she was... Fine. And I think you're right. I think a lot of it was, and that's why I was kind of saying tangled up with sexual assault, um, because, in a way, he was doing it. I believe in my, you know, unfortunately I, the evidence is there. Um, but I think a lot of it had to do with his father starting out. I mean, and his father, you know, was trying to stifle his stardom at the very beginning and being super controlling. And, you know, that is not good for anyone. And so no wonder he, you know, had the tragic ending that he did. Yeah, I also think that, uh, um, like, his tragic ending is, uh, Michael Jackson's tragic ending is mostly due to, like, you know, I mean, like, yeah, his doctor obviously was enabling him. But, like, at the end of the day, like, doctor's supposed to be taking care of you. You know, like, figuring out ways to, like, keep you alive and keep you healthy. And, yeah, he was trying to help him manage through his work. But like at the end of the day, it's not like it's not like Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Wakanda forever. Like R.I.P. Like a great, great actor. Alex Alex Trebek. Right. Like he 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 has his cancer. Right. And he's still like, you know, he's he's still doing it. Right. Like and and that that is different than literally working yourself to death to death. Yeah. Which is what I believe, again, Michael Jackson did Um, before he did. He won numerous awards and nominations. He was the role model. I mean, I I would say he was a role model for especially, you know, people in the black community and international, an international superstar that was recognized all over the world. Like there was not a place he could not go and people not recognize Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's definitely true. One person who I honestly, I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot about, um, Nipsey Russell. Yeah, it's one of the older ones. As the Tin Man, born in 1918, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, and it, and it shows in in this work. I mean, he's great. I, I think he was a great choice for the Tin Man. Um, he was known as a mainstay on variety shows such as Laugh-In, The Dean Martin Show, Match Game, and Car 54, Where Are You?, Barefoot in the Park, Wildcats, and Posse. Ted Ross as Lion or Fleetwood in the real world, who is known for 1981 version Arthur, Police Academy, The Fisher King was his last appearance as a limo bum, Um, Mabel King as Eveline was born in 1932, South uh, Charleston, South Carolina, known as known for What's Happening. The jerk. Yeah, the TV show What's Happening. Yeah, she was the the jerk's uh, mom. And she played a mom in pretty much every role she was in. Yeah, um, she uh, uh, unfortunately got a lot of, uh, 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 as they call them, mammy roles. And it is what it is. uh, um, But, like, uh, Mabel is a very, very talented actress and singer. Yep. Right along that, we have Lena Horne as Glinda the Good. You know, oh my! It, it, like, amazing. It, Lena Horne, like she shows up and it's like ah, and she like you know if you believe in yourself, you know, oh, it, it like amazing. it. <laughs> and then that's like and that's that's why that's why I give you so much pushback on um how like the Wiz is different than the Wizard of Oz, because when. Mm-hmm. Does anyone tell Dorothy to believe in herself? Glinda does at the very end. She tells you believe you had the power the whole time. You just didn't know you had it. 
and all you need to do is click your heels three times. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so not. Yeah. I, I get what yeah. you're saying. Like, you know, it's the idea of like, well, you had it all the time, right? That's, that's sort of like, uh, oh, you had it all the time. Mm-hmm. No, like this, like, and this is like different. It's like saying that is the difference, right? Yes. Like, I, I feel like um, the Wiz actually like, uh, um, like makes true on the Wizard of Oz story as Dorothy being a feminist hero, mm-hmm. her own hero. Right. Because like uh, um, like even even with it, like the, the, her whole story around it is, is that like she doesn't believe in herself. You got to work. And if you work, it, you can achieve this. So she, she doesn't even push against her Aunt M about like uh, um, working in elementary school. Like she should be she should be like, dude, Annie M. I like being like, like I'm fine with this. I'm like where I am. Like, I don't need, I don't need a man. I don't need a different job. I like working with the kids. And she does say that a little bit, but she does like, you know, she, she doesn't, it, it, it feels like she's like half-heartedly pushing away and saying, no, I got this. Mm -hmm. But like, like, and, and, and Glenda is saying, look, you, you should be saying, Hey, I got this. You know, you believe in yourself. You, you home is where you want it to be. Right. You when you believe in yourself, when you have confidence in yourself and you love yourself, home is everywhere. Known best for Cabin in the Sky, Zigfield Follies and Stormy Weather in the 1940s. She left school at 14 to be a singer at the Cotton Club in Harlem, performing alongside people like Cab Calloway and Duke Ellington. So uh, a funny thing about the Cotton Club uh I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they were allowed to perform there, but they were not allowed to attend. Correct. Had it not been for racism being the mode of the time, and still today, <laughs> be honest, yeah, I mean, uh, she would have been a much bigger star. Alongside Paul Robeson and her progressive beliefs, she was branded as a quote-unquote communist sympathizer and blacklisted in the 1950s. So that's why there's no credits of her past the 1940s. When they made Showboat in 1951, she could not play Julie, who is African-American. And she would have been amazing as Julie singing Loving That Man of Mine. That was a travesty in my opinion. And just... Truly, she was a one ahead of her time. She won an African-American Film Critics Association Legacy Award, four Grammys, NAACP Image Award, Kennedy Center Honors, Walk of Fame, and a Woman Film Critics Circle Award for Acting and Activism. Thankfully, she died at the old age of 92. I mean, it is what it is. Like, uh, I, I think the, uh, the true story of, like, what the whiz is, is that like, you know, you have all these like really spectacular characters that are just like, like oppressed and held back. And if, if they weren't, they'd probably be able to like, you know, be put to better use. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's sort of like, unfortunately the, the story around racism is like, you know, because we, we choose to uh, uh, limit access. We, we don't have a true fight for the best quality people in a position. Richard Pryor as the Wiz or Sherman Smith. Sherman Smith, dog catcher. <laughs> well known for an actor, comedian for Bustin' Loose, which he won a 1981 NAACP Image Award. Superman 3, but sparked a special magic that happened with the late Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't, I mean, if you're going to talk about Richard Pryor, you have to, like, mention Gene like, Wilder, yeah. yeah 100%, mm-hmm. Richard Pryor was a, an incredible comedian. Uh, that being said, like, like um, he was so incredible, honestly, that, like, Gene Wilder, who also was an incredible performer, like, he always had awesome things to say about Richard Pryor. Always. Yeah. Like, I, I dare you to go onto YouTube and listen to to Gene Wilder say one negative thing about no, Richard Pryor. About no, he they loved each other. They were <laughs> they were a great great working pair. I mean, Silver Streak, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Um like they, Stir Crazy. Cr- Stir Crazy. Stir Crazy. Um Blazing Saddles. Oh, 
No, that wasn't them. In 1975, won Best Comedy Written Directly for the Screen with Blazing Saddles. He shared with Mel Brooks alongside others. Richard Pryor was not in Blazing Saddles. Yeah, they wanted him to play the sheriff initially, but he was not. So he wasn't physically in the film. No, you won't see him in Blazing Saddles, but he worked on Blazing Saddles. Yeah, I'm not confusing him with Cleveland Little, um, but he was working on the Blazing Saddles movie as well. Yep. Cleavon, Cleavon. Cleavon. Cleavon Little. Um, and the songs, the music in this is... Yeah, we were, we were talking about, like, Andrew Lloyd Webber and, like, his, um like, one shot in the musical songs, right? Like, and, and the Wiz is, that, like, you know, uh, the Wiz is, like, the little shop of horrors to me, right? So much more powerful, in my opinion... Song after song after song, where like you know, you think of Little Shop of Horrors, like you know, like Guys and Dolls, right? You don't think of one song when you think of Guys and Dolls, right? Like with Cats, like Memory, but like but like specifically, you know, there's like all these power songs yeah. in The Wiz. Well, Andrew Lloyd Webber actually did take The Wizard of Oz and rebranded it and remade it and put back the original opening version of. Somewhere over the rainbow. Birds fly over the rainbow. Why, oh, then why can't I? When all the world is a hopeless jumble. Charlie Smalls is the composer to thank for all of the music that you hear in The Wiz that you cannot get out of your head. It is amazing. Um, He is best known for music documentaries and other TV award shows starting with The Monkees in 1968, 35th and 40th Annual Tony Awards, The Rosie O'Donnell Show, Glee, Pose, along with so many others. Of course, the man himself, Quincy Jones, still alive, known for The Color Purple producer, In the Heat of the Night, X-Men, Days of Future Past, won 49 awards, won wrote some songs along with Nick Ashford died in 2011 at 70 known for guardians of the galaxy, the Italian job, the bodyguard and money talks married to Valerie Simpson, same credits as Nick, but still alive. Anthony Jackson, still alive known for new Jack city sister act two and deep horizon, deep water horizon. But what makes everyone rejoice and to be thankful is the one and only Luther Vandross, who wrote the release song near the end, Everybody Rejoice, A Brand New Day. If this song doesn't make you feel optimism, not sure what is wrong with you or what will. Our choir did a mashup of Ease On Down the Road and this song, and it was amazing. Vandross was born 42051. In Kipps Bay, Manhattan, with a life that ended too soon at 54 years in 2005. I mean, he was a winner with the American Music Awards every year. He was nominated from 1988 to 1996. Favorite soul R&B male artist, four Grammys. Sweetheart. And earned his Walk of Fame in 2014. Also, the remake in 2015, Charlie Smalls is credited with all of the songs except... Neo wrote. They took out less popular and catchy ones that Q, Quincy Jones, wrote in the original. So I will say Q is a patriot, is in Quincy Jones. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, they, they, you, you're talking about them like breaking through the the panel when Dorothy first shows up in the Land of Oz. Yes. She breaks through the skylight that says Oz, mm-hmm. and then it breaks and shows a cue. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. that's a it's a good shoot scene. They have a they have a lot of uh, fun little like uh, like nods to like uh, our reality in the movie. In 2015, we returned to wit. We returned with the Wiz again. Matthew Diamond, who also worked on Jane the Virgin, collaborated with Tony Award-winning Broadway and film director Kenny Leon. He also won an award for Hairspray Live for the following year as well to direct The Wiz back to life in the modern era. Writers beyond the original William F. Brown were Harvey Firestein, also Hairspray, and Tina Tippett. 
The stars came out for this one. There was Common the Bouncer, Amber Riley as Ada Pearl instead of Miss One with Thelma Carpenter. Uh, Uzo Aduba was crazy good as Glinda the Good Witch of the South. Stephanie Mills' original Dorothy on Broadway as Aunt M. Elijah Kelly as Scarecrow eight years after he was seaweed in the award-winning performance of Hairspray singing a very similar song. You can win! The darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Say it ain't so, but darling, what's the use? Neo oils some kinks out, I feel, in his performance of Tin Man, plus added more Vandrosian-style songs with We got it, y'all got it. Very catchy and uplifting. I, 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 uh, like I tried to watch the what they showed on CBS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so the original was airing on CBS. The new one was NBC. David Allen Greer nominated for a Tony this year with a soldier's play is the baddest ass of them all as the cowardly lion. Yeah, he does a great job in that. That that like he was one of the best part of that, I think. Mary J. Blige is fierce as Eveline. Naively beautiful Shanice Williams stands out as the ingenue, as age-appropriate finally Dorothy, and wonderful powerhouse Queen Latifah, who played Elijah Kelly's mom in Hairspray, replaced Richard Pryor as The Wiz. I don't know. I, I felt like Richard Pryor was kind of like, a good choice for the whiz only because like, and I appreciate queen Latifah more than uh, anyone probably would understand. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, like Richard Pryor was a good choice because not because of being a man, but like Richard Pryor himself saw himself as a fraud. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the wizard of Oz is. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. queen Latifah has ever sort of felt. I don't know. Honestly, like it may sound super weird, but I I, I feel like uh, um Hillary Clinton would make a really good whiz. Self as a regular human being that's willing to like be a badass and mm-hmm. like do what she needs to do to like, you know. Right, right, right. Like, like she's yeah. she but like, you know, you could even like hear it in Richard's comedy, right? Like a little bit of his self-loathing. Yeah. Right? And like that's that's the Wizard of Oz, you know? Yeah. Um and like don't get me wrong, like I I mean like as a performer, Queen Latifah is more than capable to play the Wizard of Oz. But I think, like, specifically with movies in general, you kind of, like, it's like the Iron Man principle, right? Like, I mean, like, who else would be Iron Man if it's not Robert Downey Jr.? Do you understand what I'm, like, and that's that's really, like, what, like, any, like, if, if you're real Hollywood, if you're real Hollywood, like, you try where people are like, holy shit, Robert Downey Jr. is... Tony Stark. Yeah. He's Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like certain characters, yeah, they're so iconic that you can't think of anyone else that would have played that role. Well, it was interesting. I'm also thinking, uh, too, of all the whizzes that I've known um, in filmed versions of some version, either the Wizard of Oz, the Wiz, or the 2015 version of the Wiz, uh, it could be the timing, but... Right. And, and for me, like I get like like and, and it, it is possible is 100 percent possible for like, you know, someone else to like, you know, take over a role and be like, oh, yeah, like obviously like I can hold the idea that like there's two different versions of this in my head. But I feel like no one's heard of Frank Morgan unless they know about the Wizard of Oz and he was the original wizard. But everyone knows Richard Pryor. Everyone knows he, Queen he Latifah. Did no, he he did it best. But I I get what you're saying, man. Yeah. I I'm throwing shade on a, a queen, not on purpose. But like you're right, the original was she's better than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did a much better job than he did. He, like I didn't even necessarily believe that he um was putting on an act, right? Because like mm-hmm. that's the thing that sort of needs to be sold is like he's trying to just pretend like like you know he's he he he's he's trying to use his bravado to make himself seem better than he actually is and then once he's discovered he like shrieks away but it does it just if it feels super cartoonish with him like with with richard Pryor, you feel sorry for him i'm a fraud in when uh she crashes through that skylight Mm -hmm. that uh um it looks like 
the playground that those kids are in, mm-hmm. like uh, the the materials there, kind of feel like they spell out Aesop. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, obviously Aesop is uh, super old, obviously like Greek, and and this story is not. No, not not at all. But it is a fable in itself. It's an American fable. I believe he was black as well. I mean, if he was. Yeah, he, 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 but it was you know Greek civilization. Oh, um, oh, okay. But but like they believe that he, the name like the name is uh, supposedly Ethiopian and like you, you you see sort of that imagery happening. Like I I think the the snow NATO at the beginning was interesting. Like uh, only because remember like like she's looking for Toto at the very beginning yeah. and like there there's like uh, um it's snowing it's snowing and she's looking for Toto and then all of a sudden this tornado comes. That's why I get snow NATO. Snow NATO, yeah. <laughs> Well, because there's fire natos now. Yeah, and there's shark natos, obviously, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's tons of shark nato films, and I think there should be a snow nato because, uh, um, like, no one ever talks about that. I mean, obviously, we have the snow nato visible, like uh, Glenda blows the snow nato away. Uh, um, specifically, Michael Jackson's character as a sc- scarecrow, and him, like, it looked like they like cut out, cut up a book of quotations and like stuffed. Mm-hmm. That like so he's like pulling out random quotations, which uh, uh, I I found it was really funny. Like there's a lot of really cool things, like you know, like the 650 dancers they had for like the Oz mm-hmm. scene, like uh, um you know they're like uh, um uh you got to be dead red, <laughs> don't be caught don't caught don't be caught dead red seen in green seen. <laughs> green. It's a really fun like uh, uh sort of look at how things did and i really liked um the sort of like media aspect added to it as well where like you know um like you know they can't get in until they sort of like you know prove their uh sort of worth on the media and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're able to go in and get sent on this task uh um yeah i don't know it's a it's it's a really fun musical i i i suggest you you see it like the the music is just super powerful and fun I mean, the original is available on iTunes to uh, rent or buy, rent or buy, and the uh, new version, the 2015 version, is not available anywhere that we can yeah, find. Um, but it, it, the music of the 2015 version is available on all streaming platforms. Yeah, yeah definitely, and I, I would check that out. I I find it really interesting that like uh, um, I've seen this show done tons of high school and college. Uh, stages and it's really odd super odd that there's like no other cast recording other than the two we've mentioned that makes no sense it makes no sense right i found that odd too when i looked for it yeah it was done on stage it was talked about doing on stage but we don't have a recording of it like i'm really surprised that like uh like if motown doesn't if they still have the rights why hey they haven't like found like a bunch of modern singers to just do a cover of all the songs. Like, I don't, I don't know why, like, uh, um, well, I mean racism, but other than that, like, like this, this musical should be up, 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 uh, uh, you know, it, it should be, uh, lifted up. I mean, you know, like I, I'm glad that dream girls had a much better time of like translating itself mm-hmm. yeah. to like uh, popularity in musical form. I think like the whiz is a great musical. I'm really, saddened that it didn't do better and i think part of it probably was the production company that uh not production it, it, it not i'm not blaming motown i think probably whoever helped distribute it uh no actually it is directly related to racism because yeah. the film cost 22 million to make and did not perform well at the box office but it did go on to have a cult following in 2003 entertainment weekly named it 28 out of 50 which probably helped bring about the 2015 remake. Part of the reason it did not do well, racism strikes again, as theater chains in white neighborhoods didn't schedule the whiz because of fears that it would scare off white regulars. Wow. So they didn't they didn't put it in theaters. 100%. Yes. So, yeah. Like, no, it, it was it, totally it, it, blocked it, it, by racism. And, and, and we will say that that movie wasn't played in theaters, which is based off of racism to begin with. 100%. So, yes. so yes. like no, it, is, it, 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 it is, it is, it is, it is like it, it's like it's like the whole thing going on with, uh, you know. I'm sorry, we're, we're like I tried not to mention Trump in all this, but I'm going to say it. It's like the whole thing around the the 
the the the soldiers with Trump, right? Like, you know, there are people like, oh, Trump isn't that awful a story. He's like, no, the whole time he's been talking crap about it the whole time. So like, it's 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 the same thing around the whiz, right? Like they're they're adding these other things to create doubt. Mm-hmm. It's not the reason, right? Yeah. It it is it it's a really beautiful musical. Like, don't worry. It's a it's it's like the idea of do the right thing. The movie Spike Lee put out. Like, it 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 didn't cause mass riots. It was fine. Yeah. Like, like seeing the Wizard of the Wiz is not going to make you hate or love the Wizard of Oz more. It is a different musical. Yeah. It it, it really is. Um. It's, it it's like honestly, I would say. Like the 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 Little Shop of Horrors musical versus the original film, yeah. they are different movies. They are both called Little Shop of Horrors, but they are not the same. There's they're both about a plant. There's some characters, and there are some characters that are similar, but they're different. Well, thank you for listening. I am Kevin, and I'm Chris. Have a wonderful day. And thank you for joining. Musicals. Hey, folks, have you ever thought about your favorite musicals? Musical history. Like color magic dance. It's so beautiful. Gather close as we talk you through. Yeah, da, 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 da. These cherished musical reviews. Bum, bum, bum. Musical history podcast. 